this is Leslin from Try This at Home. Have you ever sat back infuriated about a double standard or mixed message? There are a few in our culture that have inspired this discussion. We've got some energy about this topic, so grab a cup of coffee or a glass of wine and listen in. When your day goes south or your relationship gets salty, you need tools that will turn it around. With decades of experience and a variety of perspectives between them, Leslie Sleesman and Leslin Kantner bring you tips and tricks for solving problems, increasing happiness, and creating your best life. Together, they're sharing ideas you can take home and try. Each week, their discussion will zero in on one idea, one technique, or one activity that has the potential to make your life a little better. And now, here is Leslie and Leslin with Try This at Home. Hi, Leslin. Hey there. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Oh, happy birthday. We are recording oh, this you. on your birthday. Yeah. And now you're 40 plus. No, don't say that. I'm really 46. <laughs> okay. Okay. Although, although, can I tell you something? Um, I have some, I haven't colored my hair in a long time. I, it's expensive and it's annoying to spend all that time, but, um, I have some gray hair in like my temple area. Kind mm -hmm. of. I think mm -hmm. that's a pretty common place for gray hair to come in first. And I had my hair in a ponytail the other day. And my daughter, who is the ripe old age of seven, she came up to me and she was rubbing, lovingly rubbing my head. And she goes, mommy, she goes, not to be rude, <laughs> but are you going to get your your hair colored because this does not look good. Oh, <laughs> she's like, these white hairs don't look good. That's <laughs> I, funny. I said, yeah, honey, I'll, I'll get it. <laughs> but I have all my hair in a ponytail since. <laughs> yeah. See, when you get to my age and you start complaining about needing to get your hair colored because all the great, my kids go, mom, I kind of like that. I know. Yeah. They're, they're ready for me to be great. My, my uh, best friend has, gray hair I mean she's not that much older than me but um her hair is gray and she got tired of coloring it and so she just went all gray and her hair's really short and it's adorable I yeah. love it well some people actually do gray I mean some younger people are going it's a it's a trend to do gray yeah I don't have an, I don't have enough to make it look intentional it yeah. just looks like awkward yeah kind of in that awkward stage but um yeah I could definitely see myself just letting it go when it gets more full coverage I I have some patches of really pretty white and mm -hmm. if I were to go white I'd be okay with that yeah. but it's not quite there yet yeah either, that so. silvery color mm -hmm. yeah so right. we are going to be talking about double standards and mixed messages yeah I'm afraid I might yell during this <laughs> I, I'm afraid that I might become very very passionate about this topic <laughs> well there's a it, it is pretty interesting to think that especially when it comes to sexism, that it's still such a hot topic. You know, we have, yeah. there are so many gender-related messages out there, mm -hmm. and many of them mixed, you know. Oh, yeah. I grew up in the late 70s, early 80s, and there was a, a um, perfume commercial from Anjali. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there was a lot of female empowerment back then, and the commercial was, she said, I can bring home the bacon. 
Mm -hmm. meaning she was going to go to work, right? Right. Fry it up in a pan so she's going to cook dinner. Right. And never, ever let you forget you're a man. So the reward later on. Oh, yeah. Was something. So she was superwoman. Doing it all. Doing it all. Yeah. And that's, we haven't really deviated from that a ton. No. Except that (laughs) some parts of our culture we have. You had an interesting story about that. Yeah. So... It's, it's, I don't know, there's there's two interesting stories. I guess I'll start with the first one. It happens to me a lot um, over, I don't know, my I've mentioned this a million times. My husband's a professor. He teaches business. He teaches specifically negotiation and organizational behavior. And he's a smart guy, and I love him, and he is super, super supportive of the fact that I own two, two businesses, one business, however you want to call it. And I, in talking with people, you know, just small talk, we'll say, hey, you know, what do you do? Oh, I, you know, I'm a planner company or print shop. And then they'll say, you know, we'll get talking and they'll say, what's your husband do? Oh, he's a professor. Oh, what does he teach? And I, I always like cringe having the words come out of my mouth now because I know what's going to happen. I say he's a business professor. And most times when I'm specifically speaking with men, um, they go, oh, okay, well, that makes sense. So he, you know, business tells you all about how to run your business or has all the knowledge or, you know, they don't. Assuming that you terms. don't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Assuming that he is sort of the brains behind mm-hmm. the operation and I'm just sort of the worker bee. Um, and to say that it pisses me off would be an understatement. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, this is one of the few things that like infuriates me mm-hmm. uh, to no end. And I'm not saying that my husband is not supportive. He absolutely is. He encourages me. He, you know, uh, if I need extra time to work, he's always there to, you know, help out and take the kids for me. And mm-hmm. um, likewise, I do the same thing, you know. You support each other. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it's very egalitarian in that regard. Mm-hmm. Um, but he doesn't, he doesn't have anything to do with it. And I'll have to assume you don't go in and teach any of his classes. No, <laughs> I can barely get through the abstracts of the papers he writes, right. <laughs> you know, uh, and it just is so frustrating. And we were at a party a few months ago and he, he has never heard that he, up until that point, he had never actually heard it firsthand. Mm-hmm. He had always heard it from me explaining it to him. Mm-hmm. And we were at a party and, um, someone said this right in front of both of us. And, and, you know, Dustin looked at me like, Oh, and he was very, very quick to correct this person. Um, and say, no, no, you know, no, that's not how this is at all, you know. But then me being a little, I don't know, whatever you want to call it, insecure probably for mm-hmm. sure. Um, then I wonder if it looks like he's just trying to like. Support you. Oh, no, she she potties on the potty seat all by herself, <laughs> you know. Like if the person actually believes, right, that I do this or not. There's a huge difference between teaching organizational business and or organizational management and running a small print shop. There's a huge difference or a planner company. You know, one of my brothers is a cancer researcher. He has a PhD, but he would never go into an oncology clinic and try to treat patients there. Of course. Right. There's, and I'd like to think it's the, I'm not trying, I'm trying to use this word as a fact, just kind of a descripting factor or yeah. fact, or um, 
the ignorance of people, mm-hmm. right? Sure. Not stupidity. Yeah. I don't no, mean no, that, no. but the not knowing. Yeah, just not knowing. Right. Of people that maybe don't have any context from which to speak about that, you right. know? Mm-hmm. But it does really sit back and kind of demonstrate their cultural attitudes about women, or at least their yes. understanding. Yeah. And for me, like, I'm not even, uh, well, the, the other side of this story, I guess I should say is, so this happened to me again this week. Um, and it, it happened to me with someone actually that I know decently well in a business context. And he's known me for a while. And he just found out because we were, there's some awkward silence at my office. And I was like trying to fill it like with small talk. So he just found out about my husband. And um, that you were married. Uh, just what he did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he knew I was married, but didn't know what my husband did. And um, so I'm, I'm feeling this this week, and I'm, like, infuriated. And um, at the same time, someone that I know posts something on Facebook about how, like, you know, she's basically really obviously very happy that women's issues are at the forefront, and um, she's she is girls herself and is very happy that like women are getting like the rights that they deserve and all of this other stuff but she feels like it's like tipping too far the other way like men are being um disrespected or she had kind of described it as like um women are rubbing it in men's faces like if they're picked for a job or something and a man doesn't get the job um and in fact it sort of kind of was reminiscent to me of um, affirmative action a yeah, little bit. I was bit. just going to say yeah. that. It kind of, mm-hmm. Like, are you hiring someone because they're qualified or are you hiring someone because they're black? Like, that mm-hmm. often comes up in the argument about affirmative action. And even now, I've had that conversation with somebody recently about just looking at the gender ratio of people in a program, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. And... They were told to make sure that the ratio looked a little bit more better distributed. I yes, I've had similar experiences with people yeah. I know, and it wasn't in this particular case. It was gender related, but mm-hmm. I, we are used to kind of hearing that for yeah. ethnicity, especially in larger corporations where mm-hmm. there's like more of a focus on making sure that things are balanced. Right. Um, and so I'm I'm hearing this mixed message, right? Like mm-hmm. I'm personally experiencing a man who is kind and loving and not ill-intentioned, right? This mm-hmm. is not a jerk mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. Nobody that has said this to me is a, is a jerk. Right. Um, I, I think they don't understand what they're saying. Yeah. They're ignorant, right, to right. how this is perceived by me and other people. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I have this friend who's saying, like, nope, we've gone too far. And I'm like, yeah. mm, I... I can tell you, I think we still have a long way to go, but well, and it really is, a, it really is a demonstration of how maybe we don't even know how to think about these things because we're getting pressure to think about them so differently from different parts of the of the world, um, or of not of the world, but even of our our co- close culture, right? Yeah, and I know that in the very fundamental Christian communities there's still a lot of supported sexism uh-huh. yeah you know and I think that doesn't help honestly no it doesn't help when in not just Christian communities but cultural communities you know in India they still 
will arrange marriages. Right. You know, that, now right. that my understanding is, and I'm not an expert here, but my understanding from clients who have been in that predicament is that it's arranged and then there's an option. Should, can, you, sure. know, you don't have to go through with it right. necessarily. But I, I'm, I counsel Chinese students and there's a tremendous cultural mixed message there. Mm-hmm. You know, and people who come to this country and they're mixed, you know, the message of the American culture is so different than of the culture they're from. Right. And it, I imagine it can be really hard, but it is so infuriating. Well, mm-hmm. What about the girl? The yeah. Share that story. Yeah. So um, another friend of mine, and, and again, all these are like lovely, amazing people that I would enjoy spending time with like Mm -hmm. these are you know i i don't want to make it seem like these are the outliers right this is the norm yeah um she has a daughter and uh she was posting about a picture of her daughter learning to fold clothes and she said um something to the effect of you know i might catch some flack for this but i want my daughter to know that she can be anything she wants to be including a wife and mom so she needs to know how to fold clothes I said that to my son. Well, I that's that is the first thing um, that popped into my mind. All three of my children know how to complete a, a load of laundry from taking it downstairs to getting it through the washer and dryer and back upstairs. But it has nothing to do with whether or not you choose to be a father or a mother or have kids or not have kids. Like you, I don't want my kids to be naked. that's actually where that comes from with me and so really the triggering word there was in order to be a good wife you had to know how to fold clothes instead of just being able to take care of yourself a self-sufficient human being yeah 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 and I thought and and you know I was thinking about this knowing that this topic you know we were going to talk about this is coming up and I thought well isn't that interesting like she obviously felt the need to verbalize this feeling that she had about why she was doing it because obviously she feels that she's receiving a mixed message Mm -hmm. right so she feels like she can't raise a stay-at-home mom which is obviously that's a fine thing to be I was a stay-at-home mom you were a stay-at-home mom at one point like uh there there's nothing wrong about that or less than about that but obviously she she feels like maybe culture's telling her otherwise yeah, and I, you know, I have to wonder, I can't help, I'm sorry, I can't help but go back and think, how did we, why do, do these mixed messages exist? Sure, Right. yeah, yeah. And in part, it's because our personal experience is in juxtaposition to the cultural experience or the experience of our partner or the experience of our community. Right. Um, and it's not, and it, it really isn't about right or wrong, but it is about I'm confused. Yeah, there's kind of three, like, hallmarks, I guess you could say, if you were, like, determining a mixed message. It's contradictory, mm-hmm. unclear, or inconsistent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with with what you think you know, yes, right? Or correct. what you think you believe or what you think you want to be. Or, like, if you don't know and you're and you're looking into something, perhaps you see over here you know we think you should definitely do a not b and the other side says you should definitely do b not a Mm -hmm. right like there's even if you don't have your own personal opinion yet Mm -hmm. you're receiving mixed messages from both sides Mm -hmm. i one of the things that um 
comes to mind. And it's interesting because I'm going to tell a little off-color joke. So if there's any kids in the room, just hold their ears for a minute. <laughs> it's not vulgar, but it's so it's about this man who said, or just what's the difference between a wife, a hooker, and your lover? I don't know. So when you finish making love to a hooker, she says, hey, baby, that'll be $100. When you finish making love to your lover, she says, oh my gosh, that was wonderful. And when you finish making love to your wife, she says, beige. I think we should paint the ceiling beige. <laughs> <laughs> and that's not really funny, but, but, it, but there's a little bit of, you know, and that's a mixed message, I think, yeah. is that, I mean, just a joke like that. Yeah allows us to kind of have this pervasive ideology that wives aren't interested in in making sex, love yeah, yeah making right. sex yeah so and i think you know you hear all kinds and i know my daughters who are dating still hear this that's not the kind of girl you marry oh yeah oh yeah of course so what does that mean right right um and if you do marry her I mean, I've had clients come in and say, I want my wife to be wild in the bedroom. Okay. But when she goes to a PTA meeting, I don't want her looking like she's wild. Okay. Yeah, sure. They want it in private and not. So yeah, it's that's not a, a little bit of a mixed message, sure, right? Sure. I want you to be wife material, except when we're alone. Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah. I want you to be lover material or hooker material or yeah. something along those lines. Of course. That can be a mixed message. Yeah. The other one that I think I come across the most is sort of, and, and this is the one that um, was very frustrating for me, like for a long time until I thought like, this is just crap. Like I'm not, uh, neither. I want option C. <laughs> neither. <laughs> None of the above. Um, the hustle versus the slow and sweet. So. Are we talking about sex again? No. <laughs> Sometimes you need both in that case, but um, so I, it seems like there's two camps, right? And this is especially, obviously in the time of my life, this is, I feel sometimes like I'm a broken record with this, but this is obviously the thing that I notice most because it's with the, the parents of young children mm -hmm. and the kids who are kids, um, the 36 year olds like me that have, you know, businesses, right? Or side hustles as everyone loves to call it. Um, you got to have a side hustle, right? Like everyone's got to have a thing. And um, Emily McDowell, who I, I like a lot, she's an artist and I don't know who she is, um, makes greeting cards and things, but she has a lot of good truth bombs. And she kind of very eloquently described what I was like, yeah, that's exactly it. She's like, be careful to monetize your hobby. Like you, there's this thing that exists that says like, if you enjoy, um, you know, painting, or graphic design or whatever, like you need to somehow turn it into a side hustle. Mm. And so you you have that kind of over here on the left. And then on the right, you have, you know, oh, if you're a mama to your sweet littles, you know, you got the slow and sweet life is best. And it shouldn't be either or. You don't have to hustle and, and make money on every little side hobby that you have. And, and you don't have to sit there for 20 minutes at night and watch your kid breathe. Like, that's boring. No, thanks. I don't want to do that. Like, there's this normal in between that can exist. 
and that's where I want to be. Yeah, and oh, there's this is all rooted. You know, this is really where anxiety gets rooted, right? Mm-hmm. And I think also in the mixed messages, there's a lot of space for anxiety because yes, you don't know whether to push or pull. And what I'm hearing in that context is a lot of so much of what we hear these days is to self-care and um, be mindful. And then we hear be successful, make more money, have more stuff. And those, that's a huge cultural mixed message, yeah, right? Have more stuff and then buy the Marie Kondo book and then get rid of it all. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Here's, and so the commercials already, right, are um, Christmas. I saw a Christmas mm-hmm. commercial. And it's not, I mean, it's September. Right. And so they want you to hurry up and think about Christmas. Yeah. But sit down and enjoy the present moment. Right. And yeah. those, those are the kinds of mixed messages where you sit back and think, what the hell do you really want me to be thinking about or doing? Right. And, it, you know, one might sit back and think, come on, ladies. Yeah. But I see a ton of anxious people, and I think mixed messages are part of that problem. Yeah. And the biggest part of it is that they create shoulds. That's right. And for it, us. And for me, going back to that thing that I love that you had said a while ago, uh, it, it kind of forces you into choosing, you know, you might think, okay, these are my two options. Mm -hmm. And if, if your core self is not one of those two options and you pick one, that's when you're pulling away Mm -hmm. from the totem pole that we talked Mm -hmm. about. And therein lies all that space for anxiety. Mm -hmm. And so it's just so important to sit back if you're presented with one of these and think like, okay, but there is more options than these two things. There has to be. Because you can vote to just none. Yes. Yes, none is always a choice. Always a choice, mm-hmm. yeah. I think that um, the if you, sit, if you can kind of assess, right, if you take a deep breath mm-hmm. and assess the, the messages that you're experiencing. I, sh- I need to do this. I should do that. Right. And, you know, we have a real, one of our early podcasts was about shoulds mm-hmm. and there's some really good information there. But if you, if you're receiving this message and you can't figure out which one is more authentic, then I'm going to suggest that you sit in it and do nothing until you can sense which direction feels more in alignment with who you are. Yeah, definitely. And I, I think part of me struggles with this, and I, here, here's where you can give me real-time advice. So I've never known, we'll go back to that first thing, I'm, I'm a people pleaser who doesn't like confrontation, so obviously, hopefully our listeners know that by now, but um, so when someone says something like this to me in the example with my husband, I don't really know what to do. And I, I usually end up like giving like one of those like, huh, smiles, you know, and, and I'll say something like, you know, um, my husband's a really great guy, a really smart guy. I just like, you know, kind of push past it. Um, and I, but I more and more, I'm like, is this, is this an opportunity for me to like point out this person's um, bias, their bias or their faulty way of thinking mm-hmm. or to maybe somehow politely educate them that 
this is actually kind of offensive that you're saying this to me. But so I'm not sure that I would go that particular group, but I, I think I would encourage you to say, actually, he puts 100% of his energy into his career and leaves my career to me. Yeah, right. I mean, they're really different careers, and I think that kind oh, of they are. demonstrates yeah. it, right? Yeah. Well, his his career doesn't have space for mine. Right, yeah. You know, and that, without saying it, that lets the person know that it's not the same thing. Right. These are entirely two different careers. He doesn't cross the line. Well, and in, in their defense, kind of what you were saying about ignorance, you know, these people are, again, I mentioned they're well-intentioned, but they just don't understand that most of what he does is theoretical. Right. And if they did understand that, they probably wouldn't say it. And I right. definitely don't fault them for this, although I guess kind of I do. This is a double-edged sword here, but um, I didn't know, right? If, if someone had told me that, uh, you know, 15 years ago, what does a business professor do? I would think for sure, without question, that they taught classes and could for sure run a business. And I'm not saying that business professors can't run a business because obviously they can and many of them do, but it's just not really the exact same thing at all. Yeah, you know, and it's really, it is true. And here's maybe this is just simply another example of people just don't know what they don't know. Right. Um, lots and lots of entrepreneurs if they have a successful startup and they get funded right mm -hmm. yeah the vcs venture capitalists will often require that they bring in yeah actual different professionals to sit at the head because right. entrepreneurs can generally do the small stuff but they don't necessarily turn and that's where 100%. dustin dustin's theoretical kind of stuff might would be helpful. Yes. Oh, 100%. Yes, yes. But when you're operating kind of a one or two man shop, right. there's there's really no correlation to what it takes to run a Fortune 500 company. 100%. Yeah. And I think that maybe people aren't sitting back and thinking about that difference. Yeah. So it kind of got me thinking about like how to deal with this like more generally, not not in that particular case, but just more generally. And I think, you know, the first thing is just to come at the situation, like look at it as objectively as you can and come at it from all sides and understand like where you fit in, what you feel about it, and maybe how you're being seen in the situation mm -hmm. um, and, and just get the bird's eye view first. So yeah, I call that the 360, yeah. right? Get the 360 degree view of this, walk around the every thing that you can think of that is a part of this mixed mess in your head. Yeah. And in order to do that, you have to be still for a moment, mm -hmm. right? And you have to look at it, almost everything we say is you have to look at it without judgment. Yeah, and and not in the heat of the moment. <laughs> right, no, step aside. You have yeah. to sit back from it. Don't, right. If you if you feel conflicted, you, you need to just stop yeah. and sit back from it and get the, the bird's eye view, like you said, mm -hmm and see where it is that you feel pulled where where's your heart pulling you yeah um the next step that i have here is to have clear communication about what you want and that's like communication with other people that are involved in the situation mm -hmm. perhaps 
or with yourself, mm-hmm. knowing what you want, you know, mm-hmm. thinking through, you know, have a little conversation with yourself. Okay, no, this is what we want. We're not choosing A, we are not choosing B, we're choosing C. And it looks like this, mm-hmm. you know. And a lot of self, you know, self-awareness, self-honesty, self-reflection in that. Yeah. And don't, the last one is my favorite. Uh, stay true to yourself, your authentic self. Don't let the world dictate what you think or feel is right about a situation. Yeah. Having said that, <laughs> I but. think, well, I think there's, a, you know, and, and maybe on one hand, I feel sad that I even feel like I need to say this, right? Yeah. But we can't all just go around doing whatever the hell we want. That's true. Right? Yeah. There are times when we might want something that is in complete contrast to the health and welfare of people we love. Mm-hmm. Right? Give me an example. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> um, I sprung that on you. <laughs> so... So for me, I mean, the the example that just sits in the front of my mind is something that was was a part of my life when I was going through my divorce, and it was very painful and um, very. It wasn't exactly public, but it was um, it was out there. You yeah, know, there were sure. a lot of extenuating circumstances that were available to uh, you know parts of the community that I was really involved in yeah and I wanted to escape that right. I wanted to go yeah sure but I didn't want to pull my kids out of school right I, yeah. I couldn't really run away I mean I could I had a choice I could sure. go mm-hmm. I could just pick up uh, <laughs> empty my bank account <laughs> and disappear right that would have been the thing that in that moment felt the most um, natural for me because mm-hmm. I was, you know, I was I had this defense mechanism saying, save yourself, you know. Right, yeah. But your, that wasn't your fight good. or flight. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't good for the people, the other people that I loved. Yeah. And so I couldn't just do whatever the hell I wanted in that regard. Right. It's not super practical in that situation. No, and it, well, it was, there are some times when it's just downright selfish and I suppose there are people who don't mind being selfish and, you know, I'm not talking about self-care because I could have gone away for a week sure, and that would have been self-care. But if I just exited the mm-hmm. lives of my children, that would not have been self-care. Right. Of course. Um, and so I think, you know, there's always a little bit of a fine line. If you fall in love with someone, but loving that person is going to uproot or dismiss I mean really I think that you have to sit back and say is and and maybe people do maybe they sit back and say is this choice worth the destruction mm-hmm. from that it's going to create and you know again with trying not to be judgmental about it I think that there are times when the consequences do not benefit more people is isn't it that old ethical question yeah. that we get in college like do you save the many uh, yeah at expense of at the, the expense one. of yeah. the one yeah well and I think you bring up a good point what kind of I heard you say is like sometimes what 
feels good in the moment is actually not in line with your authentic self, right? Because you are not a selfish person. Mm -hmm. So what felt temporarily good would have been to leave. Mm -hmm. But that actually isn't in line with who you are. Right. That your core value is not someone that's selfish, not someone who's going to run away from something hard. Right. Um, but it it can feel like that in the moment, I think. Yes. And that's when, like you said, being so honest and self-reflective is important because at first glance, like, okay, this feels, this feels good. I'm going to do that. But mm-hmm. that's actually not actually what you feel to be true. Right. And, you know, I mean, the opposite could be true. Maybe for someone they say, you know, maybe I am selfish. Maybe I'm accepting that I'm selfish and that I'm going to do what's best for me in the short run because that will ultimately be best for me in the long run. Yeah. And it doesn't matter if it's best for anybody else. And I'm, I'm going to, again, illustrate this caveat or talk about that there's a very wobbly, fine line here mm-hmm. about self-care versus selfish. Yeah. And how much of yourself you give away for, you know, to save other people. Yeah. yeah. But it's always interesting to me that there are people who say, I'll take a bullet for my family, but then they... <laughs> they end up metaphorically um, shooting everybody else in the heart. Right, right. You know, yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know what you're saying. It doesn't, I mean, that's a mixed message, right? <laughs> yes, it that's is. That's a huge contradiction. Yeah. yeah. Well, in my experience, um, like the people that, uh, it's difficult to word, the, like if you're going again, if, if what you should do, is be selfish, right, in the situation. Or you say to yourself, nope, this is it. I actually want to do this. I'm, I, this is what I want. This is my true self. This is what feels right. This is what I'm going to do. I understand the consequences. I know I'm going to hurt people or people are going to be upset, whatever. And then you think, well, I can't do that because someone will think bad of me or whatever. And and then you go against your true self, which happens to Mm -hmm. be a little selfish, Mm -hmm. right? Like no one wants to admit that they're selfish, but it happens. Um, I feel like that never ends well in the long term. Well, ultimately, I don't know that there are a ton of people who could say that there's a happy ending there. No, that yeah. my my personal experience is that it, it comes out in the wash eventually. Mm-hmm. And uh, what is meant to be is going to happen. Yeah, and we're getting a little esoterical here, yeah. but it's... It, I think it does speak to how even our hearts can have these mixed messages. Yeah, definitely. Right? And the double standards. And psychologically speaking, that becomes very interesting Mm -hmm. when that juxtaposition resides in you. I'm sure you deal with this all the time with affairs, extramarital affairs. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's a mixed message if I've ever heard one. Yeah. Yeah. And And I actually think that's really where our try this at home um, tip is for this week is we we can't do a ton about the generic uh, external mixed messages that exist, but we absolutely can begin to identify the ones that we experience personally or the ones that we demonstrate. You know, we're human beings are contradictory by nature, but it is confusing. It does interfere with your ability to communicate well. And so if you sit back and you start taking a look at what are the mixed messages that I'm sending, right? you might even ask your partner, do you ever get a mixed message from me? 
mm. and start some kind of that self-awareness process. Um, because if we all are doing that, then maybe the cultural mixed messages will subside a little bit. Dissipate, yeah. yeah. Great. Okay. So that is our discussion for today, folks. We hope you'll share it with your friends and family. If you like what we said, we think they will too. As always, we are super grateful that you took the time to listen. Next week, we're going to be starting our series on parenting, and that's going to take us through October, and then we'll be on hiatus until January 2020. So we have a few months to rest, get through the holidays, and prepare for another year of great podcasting. We hope you will continue to join us. If you have any questions or comments, we want you to reach out to us on our website, www.trythisathomepodcast.com, where you can subscribe to our podcast and listen to all of our back episodes if you're so inclined. We would love it if you could give us a rating. For now, this is Leslie and Leslin, hoping you will try this at home. All perspectives and opinions expressed during this podcast are for educational and informational purposes only. There is no direct or indirect intention to provide psychotherapy or mental health services. If you are seeking counsel for individual circumstances, please consult with a local health professional.